ways I wanted to hear from them today. First is Joyce Eddings. Joyce, would you join me out here, please? Give Joyce a great big hand clap. Sit right here on the end, Joyce. I'll sit by you. Thank you for being here. God bless you so much. This is a lady that's very dear and precious to me, her and her husband. Uh, Gerald, where's Gerald at? Wave your hand, Gerald. There's, there's Gerald. Hello, Gerald. This is my good brother over here. They're dear and precious to me. They've been a part of Triumph Sugarland now since our inception and love and respect these people very much. Joyce um, earned a, a Bachelor of Arts degree in English and Speech from Louisiana Tech University. She also has a master's in education, and uh, she served 40 years as a public school teacher. <laughs> 34 of those years was in the Aleph School District. That represents about 47,000 students. That's a lot of kids. Uh, over 41 campuses. And uh, she also served as a teacher, an assistant principal, a principal, and also the assistant superintendent of that ISD. She retired in 2014. And uh, don't mess with this lady. She's a real deal. She knows what she's talking about, all right? And so, Joyce, thank you for sharing this time with us. And... Uh, in this segment, we want to honor educators. You've been an educator. You've trained educators, raised up teachers and administrators. Uh, what can you say to the educators that are somewhere in the middle of their career? I can tell you that um, wherever you are in your career, whether it's the beginning or the middle of your career, but especially if you're in the middle of your career, one of the things I learned in education was that the longer I stayed in it, the more I needed to depend on God. Yeah. Because, you know, when you first start out, you're very idealistic, Pastor, and you right. believe that everything that you're doing, you're doing mm -hmm. it yourself. You don't realize That's how right. much God is so much in the middle of That's every That's true about the ministry decision. for yes. sure, I guarantee you. So uh, I used to tell people, I would, at the beginning of the school year, when I became an administrator, I would tell the, the, the teachers, um, you know, wherever you are, you are a learner. You're mm -hmm. a teacher, but you are also a learner. That's right. Be willing to learn, be willing to cooperate, and be willing to accept that you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. That's right. And things are changing all the time. You've got to change with them. Absolutely, ever-changing. That's right. Yes. Um, at some point, you shifted from being a classroom teacher to the administrative level. What's the difference in, in leading teachers and being a teacher? Well, first of all, it's easier um, to lead teachers than it is to be a teacher. I'll have to say that. To me, the greatest gift that you can be is a classroom teacher. I believe that. That's the greatest gift that you could be because, you, you know, I, I, teachers are known by so many different names. They're known as God sent, miracle workers. Mm -hmm. They're known as advocates, mm -hmm. coaches, That's trainers, right. their surrogate, names, parents. surrogate parents. Yeah. You know, we, we, there's right. a code that we follow. It's called in loco parentis. And we must take that very seriously. That means in place of their parent, and wow. that's what we become. Uh -huh. We are their advocates. We are their parents in lieu and when their parents are not there. And we have to take that job very seriously. You know, I, I'm not a minister. I didn't go to, to, to school to be a minister, but I am a minister. Yes, you are, absolutely. And I believe that every teacher has a ministry. Because if you're in it, you have a pa and, you ha and you have a passion for it, and you love children and you love what you do, mm -hmm. you're not working. You're, you're ministering That's to right. the soul Absolutely. and minds of young people. Yeah. That is so true. Uh, you know, um, I believe two of the greatest segments of our community is nurses and school teachers. They're some of the finest humans on this planet. I mean that sincerely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wish when I was in school I could have comprehended the sacrifice that our, my teachers were making for me and how much they loved me. That's right. uh, I, I only had a few teachers that I really got the feeling they loved me. But I've never seen a teacher that didn't love to teach and didn't love her students. And um, students need to know that your teachers love you 
and they do what they do because they love you. It isn't, it isn't just about a career. Like she said, it's not just a job, it's a ministry. And uh, thank God for all of the teachers and the educators. Now, you know, uh, the teacher is kind of the, um, the, you know, it's the centerpiece of education. But there's a lot of people that serve in the educational field that make schools happen, but they're not necessarily in front of a class, and they're not necessarily teaching students. But if they weren't doing their job, the teachers couldn't do their job. Absolutely. There are support staff. When you look at a school, there is a dynamic that is like none other. You have nurses, counselors, hmm. you have hall monitors, you have uh, secretaries that come. Somebody is in that school that's going to say the right thing mm -hmm. or the, wrong, the thing. wrong thing. That's true. And what we do and what I did especially is to make sure that children heard the right message, that's the right. right thing. That's right. Because it's important. I would tell people at the beginning at the beginning and the end of year, at the end of the year, I would tell people, you know, if you're not happy in this profession, if this is not for you, Mm -hmm. Find something that makes you happy. I know. Because if you're not happy, you're going to make everybody else miserable. Mm -hmm. I and I that. think that you ought to love what you do. Absolutely. Because when you love what you do, it's not like working. You know, no, it's, it's like not. it's serving. And I, t I will tell you that any teacher is a servant leader. Did you ever want to quit? You know, there were days. <laughs> <laughs> But I will tell you, it wasn't a child that made me want to quit. <laughs> it was never a child that made me want to quit. You know, there's a great amount. I think teachers have an extra dose of patience when it comes to children. I believe that. You know, they really do. And uh, I, I think that, uh, and Pastor, you said something that was so sincerely correct. Um, and it's something that I used to remind teachers at the beginning, at the beginning, at the beginning of every, beginning of every administrator. I would remind every uh, remind administrators of this every year. I'd say, you know what? You need to remember this. We get what our parents send to us. Our parents don't keep the good kids at home and send us what's left over. They send us the best they have. Mm -hmm. And what our job is to do is to make the best we can out of them. That's right. Because that is our future sitting out there. Yes, it is. And when we commit malpractice, and I believe we can, mm -hmm. then we are doing a disservice to our future. I believe that. Thank you, Joyce. Yeah. Fantastic. <clears throat> well, I guess the question is, um, after looking back on 40 years, if you had to do over again, would you do it again? Absolutely, in a minute. In a minute. In fact, I still do it a little bit myself behind the scenes <laughs> right now. I have, um, I have leaders that are, they still call on me because yeah. they, you know, they're not, they're still learning. They're developing. And, and, and in fact, people need to remember, if you're not learning, something's wrong. Yeah. You need to be forever looking for ways to That's reach right. people. You know, Stephen Covey, um, I know many of you know who he is, and he talks uh, so sincerely about um, how, you know, we need to, to listen to each other. And that many times what happens is that, you know, people don't listen to yeah. understand. Right. They listen to reply. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But our, our reply for children needs to always be one of consideration and patience. Understanding. And understanding. That's right. Um, that's how we make an impact on our future. Because they are our future. Yeah, yeah. They are. You know, uh, Joyce, all through the crowd here, there's wonderful teachers and various ed educators. Some of them are uh, just starting in their career at the beginning of their career. Would you be willing to help some of them, encourage them, and help them navigate Absolutely. I've done it many times, I know and I will, will be willing to do it again. All right. So if you didn't you. know Joyce before today and what she represents, you do now. Take advantage of it. Thank you, Joyce. Give her a great hand clap. <clears throat> Sit right here. Just That's wait great. for me, okay? All right. Howard and Nancy Young, come right on up here. Either way. <clears throat> Um, Howard has a BS degree from Union University, Jackson, Tennessee, also two years at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. 
Uh, he served 24 years as in the Christian educational field, 12 years director of athletics, uh, three years assistant high school principal, nine years teaching middle school. This is a man that's given his life to teaching our kids. And um, his precious wife, Nancy, has an associate's degree from Henry Ford Community College, a Bachelor of Science from Northern Michigan University, and graduate studies from Eastern Michigan uh, University. She, too, has given her life to uh, serving God by teaching children. And she has taught in the elementary, the junior high middle school level, and also the high school level. And, and these I'm starting my 38th year. 38 years. Wow, you started when you were one year old, right? <laughs> I love these folks. You know, we talk about having teachers' pets. That's a real thing. How many of you know teachers' pets are real? Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Pastors have pets, too. People that are just dear and precious and uh, uh, seem to stand out. And I'm introducing some people here on this platform today that are the pastor's pets. You just need to know that. They are special and precious to me. I try to be fair about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. These three people and the two I'm going to introduce next are precious and they're uh, special in my life. So um, I've asked Howard and Nancy to talk to uh, the students today, um, the students and to say things that would, they have learned to encourage the student uh, in getting their education, connecting with the teachers. All right? So, let's go. You want to go first? I'll let you go first. I, I would just say to, um, to the students that are beginning a new school year, first of all, thank God for the beginning of school and a clean slate. Sometimes it's time to uh, put last year behind us and realize that we're at a place of new beginnings. But I encourage the kids to um, establish a relationship with your teacher. That is crucial. And so there's an attitude that the student must have of going into the classroom that, you know what, I'm going to get engaged in this class. And I'm going to give it everything I've got. Pastor tells us all the time about worship. You, what you put in is kind of what you get out, and that's the same thing in the classroom. And so I would encourage every student to make a decision this year. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to sit up front. I'm going to let the teacher know that I care. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to participate, and I'm going to do the best job I can as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I'll just stop there and let Nancy say a few yeah. words. Um, this last week, I, um, we started school. We've already started school. Wednesday was our first day. And I agree with what he shared, that it's all about relationship. You know, the teacher is, is going to want to have relationship with them, but if you see a student sitting there with their arms folded, I don't really want to be here, I don't really care, it's hard to build a relationship. And it's hard for even that teacher to still keep reaching out and reaching out, even though that's what they're expected to do. So a student has a responsibility also. And I always tell my kids that that is their full-time job right now, to be the best student that they can possibly be. And I tell my kids that you have to own your education. At some point, it's not because mom and dad want you to have it. It's because you want to have it. That's right. And there's got to be an internal thing inside of you that says, I don't know how to do this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking questions. Sure. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go to tutoring before school. If the teacher offers it, I'm taking advantage of it. Or if that teacher offers it after school, I'm taking advantage of it. This is my education, and I am going to own my education. At some point, it has to be a student. It can't just come from mom and dad. So this week, I started school, and um, on Tuesday... I had a former student of mine come back to see me. He was going to start his first year of teaching at um, a charter school in the Houston area. But one of the things that he told me, and I guess this is what I would also share with 
with students. If you'll hold this for me, let me show people. This is not sign language, so if you are an ASL person, but this is what I do every year in my class. I have my hand out like this, and I say, this is the attitude that you need to have. Put yourself under authority. An attitude goes with that. A behavior goes with that. Mm -hmm. Put yourself under authority. We all have authorities. Yes, we do. The other thing I say to them is, live in such a way that you are above reproach. Be under authority. Mm -hmm. Be above reproach. Yes. Because if you will live in such a way that you are above reproach, then you're going to be finding yourself making right choices. Mm -hmm. So here was a former student of mine coming, sitting across and asking me advice on what he can do as a teacher on his first day of school. But he said to me, Mrs. Young, I want you to know, I always do the yeah. all my life. Right. Because he said, it has kept me from making wrong choices. Thank God. You know, uh, Nancy, what a reward that was, you know, just for him to come back and, and, and show you the impact you made on his life. And I know that not every student comes back before their first day of school and explains how, you know, wonderful you were. But if you can take a few of those and, and really... Um, gain the reward from it. That's what keeps you going because for every one that says thank you, there's a hundred or more that never got around to it, but they still are thankful. And so we need those rewards to remind us why we do what we do. Yes. All right, in just a few moments, uh, we're going to bring our, our uh, children in and um, they're going to help us pray over these students. Uh, and bless them. We're going to anoint them with oil and pray over our students because we believe that the anointing of God makes the difference in their lives and prayer makes a difference. And what a better, there's no better way to start a school year than in the altar of God receiving prayer for you to be a great student uh, and to be under authority and above reproach. That'd be a pretty good thing for me, you know. <laughs> under, author under authority and above reproach, all right? Let's do it together. We're learning. <laughs> Under authority and above reproach, all right? We got it. We learned something today. <laughs> Two other very special people that I want to introduce is Kevin and Tiffany Tatum. All right. Kevin earned a bachelor's communication radio and television from Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio. He also completed his undergraduate work um, and went on to earn a master's degree in educational leadership. And uh, over the last 18 years, Kevin has deposited in the lives of students reaching between Michigan, Florida, and now in the great state of Texas. He served as a director of bands, dean of students, teacher of journalism and yearbook right now. Also as an assistant football coach, director of football operations, assistant uh, athletic director. And it, the list goes on, but I'm going to stop right there on Kevin. He, I'm just kidding. <laughs> These guys are wonderful and special people. And I don't know if you noticed it or not. But we could hardly conduct church without these people because they're always here. They're always serving you and I, making this church happen. They are true servants of the Lord. How they get all they get done accomplished, I don't know. But I'm sure glad of all the great churches in Houston, he sent them to Triumph Church. We love Kevin and Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany attended Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, where she earned a bachelor's and master's degree in education. Um, her first teaching job was in a maximum security prison, a youth prison, an experience that birthed her passion for the classroom climate. After a brief stint there, she began her now 16-year career in public school education, teaching in the areas of English, theater and arts, and also alternative 
education. These are some extraordinary people. We love them very much. Proud that they are part of our church family. And I asked Kevin and Tiffany to talk to parents because you already know that parents are a vital part of the whole educational process. And I wanted them to talk to you, first of all, because they are parents, and secondly, because they are teachers. And talk to the parents about how they can facilitate uh, their kids' education. Go ahead, Tiffany. Okay. Well, I think that the first thing that you need to understand is that your kids need you to be present. I don't care if your kids are involved in a rock throwing contest. You need to be the first one there cheering, saying, throw it, baby, because they yeah. are looking around the room. If you go to any school presentation, any kind of program, if you look at the kids, their faces are always the ones that light up when they can look out into the audience and see somebody there to represent them. So be present. Be present, know what's going on, know who they are around at school, pray over them that they choose righteousness and that they have a desire to be around righteousness and people who choose right doing because it's important because there are other options for them to choose. And so right. you have to be very prayerful and very mindful of the fact that there are things out there that your kids could get a hold to if you are not involved. So be present. Thank you. Be present. Fantastic. Uh, well, one thing I've learned uh, for the economic status of the children that I teach, Tiffany and I teach on different sides of the spectrum. Uh, Tiffany is in A-Leaf ISD, and because of her, the upbringing that she had, because of the childhood that she had, she has a passion for dealing with kids that are considered the underdog and considered the ones that always counted out. I am in Humble ISD, I'm at Atascacita High School, where those kids that I teach, I'm just gonna be honest with you, a lot of them drive better cars than I do. You know, they, they, one thing they don't have to worry, a lot of them don't have to worry about is money. But one thing I have to tell them all the time, and they always come to me in private, and come to me uh, in, 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 in secret, you know, those kids need reaching out to. And a lot of people take their stereotype and think just because you don't need anything financially that they're okay mentally and emotionally. And, you know, I had a student, that he just graduated, he's at Sam Houston State now. He hasn't seen his dad in four years because his dad was in the uh, UA, he was in Dubai for two years, then he was in Saudi Arabia because he's in the oil and gas uh, industry. And that had a big effect on him. So he would always come around me, you know, hey, hey, coach, what you doing now? What you doing now? You know, can, let, let, let me talk to you about this. Let me talk to you about that. The power of the parent is strong. And even just for example, like with our pep rallies at Atascacita, we have a parent section. You talking about three to 400 parents that just come every Friday. Some of them take off work. Some, they just want to come and cheer their kids. Kids will tell you the truth in three areas. If you bribe them, mm -hmm. in private, and on paper. And it's not cool for them to say it in front of their friends. That, that's not cool for them to do. But if you get them in private, they're going to tell you, that means so much to me. Mm. If you're if you a teacher or even a parent, if you go to their practice, hey, man, I, I saw you run that ball yesterday. You don't know. Just look at their face. What? You, you, you came to my practice? Yeah, I just wanted to check y'all out. Go to a game and see how much they, oh, man. Just like last year, one of my students, he used to give me his jersey to wear every Friday. And I didn't know anything about that tradition, you know, because I was new to the school. He said, well, no, I just want my favorite person to wear my jersey every Friday. And I, it was all torn up on the side right here. I didn't care. I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna put that jersey on, and I'm gonna let him know that I appreciate him feeling that way about me, because I'm one out of 300 staff members. It's only 12 African American teachers out of 300, and them kids couldn't care what I look like. They have they they don't care. I have a, that the class that I took over had a was about it was put this way. The program I took over had 
one foot in the grave, the other foot on a banana peel. And they basically said, we're going to get this to you. It's a waiting list for all my classes right now. And it ain't because of me. I'm, I'm not doing anything. It's because I put God first. Mm -hmm. And I make sure they know that. Right. Right. You know, uh, I can say of all the people sitting with here today that these are real Christians, wherever they are, whomever they're with. They're just as fervent in their faith at, in the classroom as they are in this church, and I greatly admire that. And um, I know that this is just a representative, uh, a representation of all the educators in the building, and uh, I want you to know how much we love and appreciate you and thoroughly respect your ministry. It's a career, it's a job, but it's a ministry. Uh, it's, it's a gift to be a teacher. Um, and so thank God for all the great educators um, in this church. And we want to take some time now to pray over you. Uh, if you're here and you work in the educational field, as we said with Joyce, it could be in any capacity. But if you're a part of the field of education and uh, you would like for us to pray over you, We'd like for you to come forward right now. We're going to take a few moments, and we're going to anoint you with oil and pray over you so that when you return to your place of ministry and work, that you have an added grace, an added sense of God's presence and power in your life. So I'm going to invite all the educators to come forward at this time, and I'm going to ask you all to join with me. Oh, watch it there, Nancy. I'm going to ask uh, all of you to join with me to, to uh, pray over the educators, pastors, and elders, if you'll come forward now. Um, we have a, a small portion of, of oil that we're going to put in, in um, according to the pattern of the Scripture and pray over you right now. And I have written a teacher's prayer that I would like for you to uh, have before you leave the altar. And I also have a prayer that I want to pray over you. And I'm going to do that in just a moment. Pastors and elders, if you'll just begin to come down the line and anoint each of them and pray over them um, and begin to pray over them individually. Uh, Howard and Nancy, if you'll join in with us on this and just pray over them and uh, spend a few moments and ask God's great hand of blessing to be upon them. Here is a pastor's prayer for teachers. I pray for you today because you're called to be a teacher and you've dedicated your life to educating the next generation. You're a very special person. I thank God for your service and sacrifice. May the Lord bless you with his constant presence, with his indescribable love, and with his great grace. I pray for you continually, asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of him. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the purpose and the reward of your calling. I also pray that you will understand the incredible magnitude of God's power which is available to you because you believe in Him. I ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will so that your life will always honor and please the Lord and that your work will produce every kind of good fruit. I pray for you to grow personally as you learn to know God better and better. I also pray that you be strengthened by all of His glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May your heart be filled with joy. May you always be thankful to God for your calling to be a teacher. I pray for your family, your health, your finances, and your career. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon every area of your life. And may he supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which he's given to us in Christ Jesus. And let the congregation say, Amen. Father, I thank you for these wonderful educators standing before me today. May your hand of goodness and blessing be upon each and every one of them. May the power of the Holy Spirit go with them. May your, their words be your words. May your strength be their strength. I pray that you would give them heavenly wisdom. May your favor be upon them and bless them in every area of their life. Bless their students. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, listen, educators, we have some, uh, let's see, Kevin and Tiffany, Renee, did you pray over them? Let me have that. Pray over Kevin and Tiffany. We miss them.
Now, teachers and educators, we have a small vial of oil. If you would like one of these, you may want to take it and um, anoint your classroom, anoint your desk. I don't know. Whatever you feel like uh, is good for you. But we've got them right here for you if this is something you would value and like to, like to have. Let's give all of our educators a hand clap and thank them with a hand for the work they're doing for us. Time doesn't permit that I go into uh, any kind of extensive teaching or in-depth teaching on the tangible anointing of God, but I thought I would show you some scriptures in the time that we have uh, that I believe will be a blessing to you. First of all, look at me, with me at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And then we'll go to Acts chapter 10, 38. Um, and uh, I want to read those to you. Here it goes. Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me too. Then He gives us a short list of some of the things that He was anointed to do. There is a connection between the Holy Spirit and the anointing. The fact is, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the resident presence and power of God on a person, a place, or a thing. It is definitely tangible, and the anointing varies in nature and in degree. Just a short definition to kind of give you an idea of what the anointing of God is, and maybe sometime we can look back more closely at that. But I want you to notice it's resident. The, the, or having applied the oil is a symbol that the Holy Spirit has come upon you to reside. It isn't a momentary thing. It is a, a resident presence and power of God on a person. God anoints people first and foremost. But He also anoints places. There are geographical locations all over the planet that God has anointed that are blessed. This house we're sitting in is an anointed place of Almighty God. He also anoints things, objects. For instance, Moses had a rod that when he threw it on the ground, it turned into a snake. And when he picked it up, it went back into a rod. He had a rod that he stretched over the Red Sea and the sea opened up. Elijah had a mantle and he struck the waters of the river and the river parted and he walked across all kind of anointed things. In the New Testament, the Bible says that the people received healing through the passing of Peter's shadow. Just the shadow of Peter released healing virtue because of the anointing that was on his life. And then the Bible says that the Apostle Paul sent out portions of his garment. And wherever that portion of the garment went, healing was released on people's body and even demons were cast out because of anointing that was on portions, pieces of his, of cloth from his clothing. So God anoints people, he anoints places, and he anoints objects. We could spend a lot of great time studying that. Maybe you'll want to do so as the week continues. Every child of God needs to know that because you are a child of God, you have an anointing. Now, there are 
There are different natures of anointing, anointed to do certain things. And then there are degrees of anointing. The fact is some people have more anointing than others. For instance, Elisha had twice as much anointing as Elijah. So the anointing is unique in its, in its nature, and it also comes in various degrees. David the king had three anointings, and every time he was anointing, his capacity and his sphere grew as in his kingship. So not only can you have one level anointing, but you can receive additional anointing. I believe that every time hands are laid on me or you, that we receive additional to what we already have. In 1 John 2 and 20, here's what the apostle said in the New International Version. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, that's Jesus, and all of you know the truth. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Every one of us need to realize that because we are children of God, the Holy Spirit is resident on our lives and we have an anointing and the things we do are because of God's power and force in our lives. Thank you, Joyce, for reminding us that everything we do is because of the grace and the goodness and the power of God in our lives. You know, the grace of God in my life, the anointing of God on my life is like the air in my car tire. You can spend all the money and buy the best tire in the world, but if, if it doesn't have any air in it, it's not going to work right. And when you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not going to work right. Things aren't going to go well. You're not going to get what you need done. It takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives for us to do the things we need to do. And the fact is, through the laying on of hands, which the Bible calls an elementary or primary teaching of the New Testament church, the increase of anointing, the greater expression of the Holy Spirit, an increase of grace comes on our lives. And God chose to use the laying on of hands as a means or a method by which the grace is increased over us. I'm going to take you to one more verse. Look at James chapter 5 verse 14. Thank the Lord. James chapter 5, verse 14. Are any of you sick, the apostle said? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sin, you will be forgiven. So the practice of God's people in the Old Testament and then continuing in the New was that in spiritual moments, in times of impartation and prayer, hands would be laid on someone, uh, oil would be applied. And in that moment, God honors those actions with increase of grace, increase of strength, increase of ability increase of the things we need to do what God has said for us to do. So the laying on of hands, the anointing with oil is a primary ministry of a New Testament church. And I want you to know that, believe that, and to utilize that in your life. So at the end of every service or maybe in the middle, we have an altar invitation and we give people the chance to come forward. And um, you don't have to come forward, and you can get receive something from God in many ways, in many situations. And, but one of the primary ways is to come and ask for someone to lay their hands on you. Well, if you don't come down here, our arms aren't long enough to pray for you back there. So if you want the laying on of hands, we open up the altar, and we ask you to come down, and we lay our hands on you, and we often anoint you with all and pray over you according to the pattern of the scripture and so um, today we're going to anoint our students and pray over them I believe that uh, we have them ready to come in when in Kara and our ministers are coming forward with them I want to ask our pastors and elders to come and we're going to kind of do a tunnel thing here uh, and we're going to pass these students through. 
and pray over them. Come to the middle here, Tom, and create us one on each side. And uh, we want to pray over our students. Uh, as they walk through, we're going to lay hands on them. Now, our elders and our pastors have small containers of oil, and, and uh, we're going to touch them on their forehead um, because it's not what's in the oil. It's an act of obedience to the pattern of Scripture that does the trick. And so we're believing God's hand is going to be on our students. He's going to keep them safe. He's going to help them to be victorious in their own walk with God and help them to be to get good educations and to excel scholastically. How many of you think that's the right prayer for us to pray? To be safe, to be victorious in their walk with God, and thirdly, um, to excel scholastically in their education. Now, you can help me in this if you want to just where you're sitting and just pray with us and pray over them as they come forward now. Just breathe a word of prayer as they start coming through. Focus on a child and just pray over them and ask God's hand of blessing to be upon them. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Father, we bless these wonderful children. Each of them belong to you. A gift you gave to us as families and as a church. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your hand of blessing and goodness would be upon each and every one of them. As they go back to their respective schools and go to their next level of learning, I pray, O oh God, that your presence would be upon them. First of all, we ask you to keep them safe. Let no harm come to them in any way, any way fashion, or form. Keep their hearts tender toward you. Give them a commitment to doing the right thing and to living as a testimony to you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they would excel in everything that they do. May they excel scholastically in every area of endeavor. May they achieve. May your favor be upon them, that they would go above and beyond. Whatever their giftings are, we ask you, Lord, to nurture and cause them to develop, be refined. Let them grow and mature in Jesus' name. We bless these boys that they would always be boys, strong boys that would ultimately become strong men of God, that understand their identity and their roles in life. We pray over these precious little girls. Lord, let them be young women of God, full of your favor and goodness. I pray over their giftings and their abilities. Bless them, O oh God. Use them for your glory and your work in Jesus' name.
second line. Go outside of Tom and just have the men turn around. students and our high school students uh, and also the college and university levels um, in this case we're going to ask you to come forward and our pastors and elders are going to come to you but if you're here as a middle school high school college or university some kind of specialized training and you'd like to receive prayer for we'd like to invite you to down right now and we're going to step out and pray over you um, while you're coming, Pastor Renee wanted to exhort you for a moment. Okay, I think it's on. We're going to give every student some oil that we prayed over. And I'm just, I know that many of you heard some of the explanation that Pastor just gave on the anointing. Yet you probably don't understand it fully. None of us do because it's so powerful and so great. But I just wanted you to know that these little bottles of oil that you're getting, they're special, not because the oil has any property in it that's magic, but because of the symbolism and because we have elected to anoint and pray over them for you specifically because we believe that this year is going to be your greatest year ever, 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 ever. And we believe in you. And we, we're just going to say, look, take this little oil. And you don't have to do it in front of everybody. But take this little oil, pray over every book, pray over every pencil, pray over everything in your classroom. Put it up under your desk. Put it on top of your desk. Smear it over your, your uh, lockers, even, you know, on your clothes, whatever, and anoint everything that you have and pray over it in the name of Jesus, that God is going to use it for the betterment of His kingdom through and in you. Can you do that? We're going to be giving you pencils and other fun stuff, but there's nothing more important than the anointing of God. So when we lay hands on you, we will have prayed over this little bottle of oil. It's yours to keep, okay? Use it to pray over students if you need to. 
and God gives you an opportunity, which we're going to pray that over you, that God will order your steps and open up opportunities for you. Thank the Lord. You know, uh, I was reading from James chapter 5 to you a moment ago, and it talked about how that are there any among you that are sick? Call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you. And um, we're going to be spending some quality time with our students here. We're not going to hold you, but we are going to um, allow you to slip away as you see fit. But if you're one of those that said, you know what, I need prayer. I have a physical condition of some nature that I need God to touch me concerning. If when you come down for prayer, you'll just ask us to pray for your physical body, we'll be happy to do that and anoint you with all as well. Um, so today, we're going to have what we call a soft ending, which means that we're going to take our time, pray over these students. Um, if there's any gifts of the Spirit that need to function, we want to make sure we have time for that. Uh, if there's anybody that needs healing, if any of these students need special prayer or encouragement in some area, we want to make sure that we have time to do that. But if that doesn't apply to you, then we want to say, God bless you. Thank you for being here at this service today. And I want to speak a blessing over you and, and allow you to uh, move around and do whatever your family needs to do. Remember that your, stu your students, we sent the young ones back because they have to be checked out. Uh, and so you got to go get your kids and get them out of the nursery and out of the children's. But these older ones, we don't have to check them in or out, so we're going to take some time praying over them. May I ask you to stand with me? May the Lord bless and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you peace. May goodness and mercy follow you. May the power of the Holy Spirit guide you, guard you, and empower you in your life and the endeavors He's placed before you. May you be victorious over sin. May you be full of faith and a conquering spirit. I bless you and your family and all of your endeavors in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.